Howdy y'all, and welcome to the Big Sky Cowgirl podcast. My name is Bailey Ostrom, and I am your host. This podcast is all about agriculture, Western fashion, my life, and more. Whether you are in the industry, wanting to get into it, or maybe just want to learn more about agriculture, you are welcome here. So grab some coffee, settle in, and let's go y'all. Welcome back to another episode. This episode is actually really exciting because it's the first ever filmed episode, meaning you should be able to see me right now. This is something that I've been wanting to do for a while, but thought I'll just wait until 2024 to launch it. However, I finally figured out how to, you know, do the setup and everything. So I said, let's just roll it out this week. With this, I want to say, if you see me looking around a little bit, my phone is what's actually filming because it has the best camera quality and it's connected to my computer, which is on the table in front of me. So I will look down from time to time to make sure that everything's filming and we're all good. And then I do also have my iPad with my outline to help keep me on track and hopefully keep me from rambling. I'm really excited to get to have filmed videos for a couple reasons. Number one, this feels a lot more personal. You guys actually get to see me. And again, it kind of gives me something more than just talking into a mic. Next, I can also take clips from this and put it on TikTok, which helps me find more people to come listen to the podcast. So that helps with the marketing side of it. And finally, I can also put these entire episodes onto YouTube, which is another platform that you guys can come and listen to me. I really hope you guys are also excited about this, and I would love to hear some feedback on if you think this is working better or any advice and tips that you guys have. I do have a couple things I want to talk about before we get into the actual episode. So first of all, I created a logo for my company, I guess you could say. As I told you guys before, I changed my Instagram name from Big Sky Cowgirl Podcast to Big Sky Cowgirl Media because I'm wanting to do more than just the podcast. And I was like, well, I need a logo for this. So at first, my ideas for the logo, it was a lot of things and it just was not working out. Like everything I tried did not kind of become the image that was in my head. So finally, I decided let's just go with something that's clean, simple, professional. And with this, this logo means a lot to me because of the steer skull that is in the middle. And in editing, I'll make sure that I add it into the video so that you guys are able to see it. So this steer skull was a piece of clip art that my mom found on a old computer that she had years ago. And she sent it to my grandpa, who was a cattle rancher, and he loved it to the point that he put the Bar Triangle cattle brand into it, which is our main cattle brand. And it became his logo for our ranch, which it still is to this day. And he also loved it so much that he got decals that he put on his truck. But since my grandpa passed away before he got to see my work in agriculture, and he was one of the main reasons that I got into it, I want to make sure that I honor him in everything that I do. So I'm really excited to have this logo, and I hope you guys love it as much as I do. On the topic of school, this is going to be my last Full week of classes even though I don't have to go to most of my classes and then finals week so only two weeks left of the semester which it seems crazy that we're already at the end but at the same time it has felt so long so I'm ready to have a break get to go home for a whole month have Christmas with my family and just get some time to relax before I come back for spring semester like I said last week, we are taking a break from agriculture and we'll be talking about a different topic. So this week is our Welcome to Western Fashion episode. Western fashion is another topic that I'm really passionate about and is something that I want to talk about. Now, I don't know how it's going to work moving forward because originally 
the whole reason that I didn't launch into this sooner was I wanted to establish agriculture, then jump into a new topic. So moving forward, it might be an agriculture episode, then a Western fashion, then back to agriculture, or it might be in little chunks. I have no clue. I guess we will find out in the coming weeks because I do already have most of them mapped out to this point. But beyond that, uh, I really hope you guys like Western fashion as much as I do. And stay to the end if you're here really for the agriculture because I promise you'll get to hear a little bit about it today. So my plan for today is to kind of give us the basics of Western fashion. Just a simple introduction and then we'll kind of build on it in the next couple episodes. So first I'll give you guys the super basic explanation and my experience with it and then we'll talk about some examples of different clothing options for those who maybe haven't really gotten to see Western fashion before. So for me, my experience didn't really start until I was a sophomore or junior in high school. Where I grew up and went to high school, Western fashion was not a thing. Like, it was not a style that people dressed in. And I was still at that point in my life where I didn't want to feel judged for, you know, being the one person who was. But I finally hit a point where I was like, you know what, screw it. I'm going to wear what I want. And so I decided to get into Western fashion. And at the same time, I had no one to help me with it. It was purely my own, like, searching, Pinterest, TikTok, all that. I had to figure it out completely on my own. And that's one of the reasons I'm so passionate about it and want to talk about it is because I want to be someone who people can kind of get that basic info and help getting started. And another thing I also want to say in my experience is even now I do still have some times where I don't feel confident wearing it, which I go to college in Montana and you would think, oh, like Western fashion in Montana would probably make a lot of sense. However, I'm also in Bozeman, which it's the people here are very different in personalities and styles. And as a hospitality student, it, nobody else wears Western fashion. If I'm in an agriculture class, yeah, then usually I have people that way. But in my hospitality classes, I'm the only one. And so there are definitely times where I'm like, oh, I can't wear that because it's a hospitality class day. But that's something I'm working on and something I also want to help other people with is feeling more confident. So for those of you who have never seen Western fashion or, you know, kind of need to hear a little more about it, Western fashion is a style of clothes that is worn by anyone, and I do mean anyone, but it is mainly worn by those in the Western and agriculture industries. Another thing about Western fashion is it's more about the accessories than it is about the clothes themselves. And what I mean by this is most of the time the clothes that you're wearing are not inherently Western. So they, you know, you don't look at it and you're like, oh, that is a Western item. You're kind of like, oh, well, that's like a shirt. Um, but it's the accessories and how you use them that really make it the Western fashion outfit. And also it is on a scale. So there's no one like specific outfit that you know, is what is Western fashion. There's a lot of different ones. And that's something that I think people don't know is that there's this scale. And so everyone has this like idea in their head of like, oh, only this is Western fashion. So I'm going to tell you guys about this scale. This is a scale that I created back when I first started talking about Western fashion. So this was my senior year of high school. I think it was my first official YouTube video. And then it was also one of the things that really helped boost my business TikTok account because everybody was wanting to see all the Western fashion things that I was doing. When I first started it, it was five categories. I recently added a sixth. So 
I'm going to run you through the six categories starting with like the least stressy to the most stressy and kind of give you some examples of how each works. So starting on our bottom one, we have ranch clothes. So these are your older clothes, the work ones. They're not your nicest. And this is also what some people think is Western fashion. Like they think, oh, Western fashion is only what those who are working on a ranch are wearing, which is not true. It's just one of the different categories. So with this one, you're probably not accessorizing. I mean, you can if you really want to, but it's more focused on the work itself and getting dirty. So you're definitely not going to be wearing like a bunch of jewelry and stuff doing this. And the next level up is casual clothes. So this is what you would wear every day. Like it's college or running errands, high school even, things like that. It's what you would wear on a normal basis. It's when you start to kind of add in the accessories. You're not getting super dressed up. You know, it's, it can be even comfy clothes, things like that. And with this one, I think the items themselves are especially not that Western, like clothing wise. I mean, yeah, you could have like a graphic tee or like a sweatshirt that has it, but most of the time it's actually more basic clothes that like anybody would wear, not even those who are specifically in Western fashion. The next level up is work clothes or what I like to call corporate cowgirl. So that's kind of what I would define my outfit as today because I'm wearing like a blazer and all that. So this is more of your business nicer clothes and something that I think people think sometimes is if you're in the Western or ag industries, you don't work in an office. Like there's no chance you ever will. You're not going to like wear nicer business clothes, which isn't true. There's many careers that you can have in agriculture that are an office type. So if that's something you want, you're like, oh, I want to work in an office, but I also like Western fashion. It is possible to implement Western fashion into your more like business attire. The next step up is going out. So this is things like dinner, bars, events. It's nicer clothes, but it's still not your nicest. Um, this is kind of where some more inherently Western items can kind of start coming into play. It's also where you're going to use like a more dressy bag and, you know, use more accessories than probably your more regular clothes. Then the next one is probably where most of our closets would stop, and that is special events. So this is things like holidays, ceremonies. This is probably your nicest clothes, but they don't get worn a lot. I would count like my prom dress in this. I've only worn it once for prom. I would love to get to wear it more if I like had reasons to because it was so pretty. But again, this is like you wear it for special occasions. You're not just wearing it to wear it. And then our final level, again, is probably something that most of us do not have clothes for, and that is NFR level. So NFR, if you don't know what it is, is National Finals Rodeo, which is the biggest rodeo event of the year. And this is also the fashion week of the rodeo world, which I think a lot of people forget or don't even know. So this is when everyone is literally dressed to the nines, girls and guys, like guys get dressed up too. And... The trends change every year, but it is like crazy. Like, like I'm saying, it's like fashion week. And this is actually going to be the topic of the next episode is NFR because I think it's really interesting. And next week is the start of NFR. So I would really like to kind of explain what it is for those who don't know and also talk about the fashion side of it. But again, this is probably something that most of us do not have clothes for because I definitely do not have clothes that would work for NFR. 
And just a couple notes I want to say for this scale is where you dress on the scale can change daily. Like, for example, Thursday, I was in corporate cowgirl because I had two presentations and had to be in business casual, but of course, I made it Western. Yesterday morning, I was in a casual outfit because I went out shopping. And then last night, actually, I did already record this episode, but I wanted to do that at my desk. And then today, I'm doing it on my couch to kind of see where I prefer to film. Um, And I was wearing this exact same outfit. I put it back on because I felt like it. But then again, you know, back to the corporate cowgirl. So it can change daily. Or the other note here is just because there is a scale, do not feel like you have to fit into every single one. If you want to stick with like the ranch clothes to the going out clothes, go there. It is all about what you're comfortable with and not everybody gets dressy and that's totally fine. But the whole point of like explaining the scale to you guys is to make sure that people know that there is times where you're going to get dressy and it's okay to like, you know, have things for that. And something I also just want to say is there are definitely people who think that Western fashion or like those who are in the Western ag industries can't look nice, can't get dressed up. You're not supposed to. I don't know where that belief came from, but I've seen it a lot. First of all, if you want to wear makeup, get your nails done, fake eyelashes, do what you want. Again, it's all about you feeling comfortable. But to those who are like, oh, they never get dressed up. I come, well, I grew up in Washington, but my family's ranch is in a very, very small town in Montana. And we have reasons to get dressed up. Like we have weddings and auction dinners and all these things. And I'm telling you, when we go to those, everybody who's like a normal cattle rancher who would wear their ranch clothes, they are dressed up like they have nice clothes. So there is always reasons to get dressed up and that's for everybody anywhere. So having dressy clothes is totally allowed in Western fashion. Now I kind of want to give you guys some examples of clothing items. And for this, I will give you examples of what is considered Western and then also non-Western because again, it's more about the accessories. So starting on the clothing side with shirts and Western, things like graphic tees or sweatshirts that have a Western design. So for example, I have a graphic tee that has like a cowgirl and kind of like a Western scene and it says right on cowgirl, keep your dreams alive. This is one of my favorite graphic tees, things like that. There's also Western prints. So like cow print, Southwest print, um, Leopard and cheetah print are also really big in Western fashion. I don't know how that got started, but it is something that I've seen a lot of. And then also just like button-ups, like pearl snaps. Those are also really big. For non-Western, I would say these are things like basic items. So for example, I'm wearing a black tank top that has no print or design on it. So I'm saying like tank tops, short sleeves, long sleeves, all that. Things that are basic because it's easier to accessorize those than something that already has a print that's like something completely outside of Western. For pants, the only one I have in Western is jeans, and that is specifically bootcut and flare jeans. Now, I'm going to tell you guys this right now. I am not going to tell you what you can and can't wear. I'm just giving examples here, but there are definitely people who have opinions when it comes to the jeans that you wear, and I will kind of bring this back up in the next category, but bootcut and flare are just considered to be more of like Western fashion. For the non-Western side, this is jeans that are like not bootcut and flare, so you know your skinny jeans, your mom jeans, things like that. And then also leggings and skirts, because again, like those can kind of fit into the casual, the going out, 
wherever. Then for shoes, the first one is cowboy boots in the western section, and that's where the jeans are going to come back into play. So again, not going to try to tell you what you can and can't wear. And I am not as opinionated when it comes to things like boots as other people are, but I am going to kind of tell you what is the typical opinion. And that is if you wear a cowboy boot that has like a very high heel, it is not a cowboy boot. It's a dressy cowboy boot. Like when I say cowboy boot, I'm meaning the ones that, you know, you would go work in or could work in. And there's nothing wrong with having dressy cowboy boots. I have a pair of black ones that are a high heel and I like having them because I can go out and get dressed in them and not worry about, you know, having to clean my normal boots because they're dirty or whatever. But at the same time, I have three pairs of boots, which funny enough, I'm staring at all of them. I have two pairs of Laredo's and then one Ariat, which the ones that I bought for prom, my first pair of Laredo's, they're my absolute favorite. They're the ones I wear the most. But again, wear what you want. The same with... I personally don't like the white cowboy boots that everybody buys to go to like a Morgan Wallen or a Zach Bryan concert, but again, wear them if you want to, if that's what you like. When it comes to jeans with cowboy boots, the reason that we say boot cut and flare is because they go over the boot and they look nice. Some people just have like a really big problem if you wear like skinny jeans and boots where the boots are over the jeans. I don't know why it's such a big problem to people. It just is. But again, wear what you want. I'm, I'm going to say that so many times today. Wear what you want. It is all about you. But moving on from the cowboy boots, we also have like hey dudes. Those are known to be pretty like Western considered. And then also things that have Western prints or cowhide. I have a pair of cow print vans that prior to buying my first pair of hey dudes were like my everyday shoe, which I kind of hated because I was like, they don't really go with everything. But also, I have a pair of cowhide Ariat boots, on, like high heel booties, on my Christmas wish list. And I would really love to get those because those would be so cute. But just things like that. And then on the non-Western side, like tennis shoes, heel booties, uh, sandals, things like that. Because again, the clothes themselves don't have to be specifically Western. Now, let's start talking about accessories. So, starting with belts, we have normal leather belts and then also tooled leather. If you've never seen that, I would say look it up so you can see it. But that's when there's like a design in the leather. And then with that, belt buckles. And I will say this, there's a lot of people out there who are like, oh, I can't wear a belt buckle because I didn't win it. That really only applies to belt buckles that are rodeo ones. So, if it says like all-around cowboy maybe don't if you're like worried about people like getting mad about it. If it's like a vintage one that's, you know, somebody's from years down the road, maybe like a great grandparent, wear it. There's no reason not to. Um, but there are plenty of belt buckles that are not rodeo buckles that you're more than welcome to wear. The one and only belt buckle that I currently have is a wallet buckle. And I will say I'm not sponsored or anything. If I was sponsored, I 100% would tell you guys. So this is all just my 100% personal opinion. But the wallet buckle was designed so it's hollow in the middle and the left side has like a little slot and you can put up to five cards or some cards in cash. And the whole reason is if you are going to like a rodeo or a concert and you don't want to bring a purse or a wallet, you're able to have all your money right there. 
and I've never actually had the need to use it as its intended purpose. I just wear it when I want to wear like a belt with a belt buckle, but I would really love to have a reason to be able to use it. So again, if you want a belt buckle, you can wear one. And then the last belt is a concho belt, which again, I would say look it up if you don't know what I'm talking about. That one is all metal, and the smaller ones you can wear as a normal belt, but if you get one of the bigger ones, it's really great for, like, dresses or skirts to kind of accentuate your waist and just look really great. Then, let's talk about bags, which is one of my favorite things to talk about because I love purses. The first one is Cowhide. And my favorite cowhide brand is Myra Bags, which mine's over there. So I'd have to go get up to grab it, which I might actually, because I want you guys to see what I'm talking about. So I will cut this part out. All right, chaos ensued for a second, but I did get up and grab the purse. So this is a Myra bag. This is, I think, my second Myra bag that I've ever gotten. But the reason I love their brand is it's all recycled cowhide and leather which it's all just very pretty. And I love this. This is probably one of my favorite purses to use. But I would say cowhide is a very big one. And then also, if I grab the iPad back, um, things like just normal leather, just like straight leather or Western prints. So for example, I grabbed one of my other ones. This is one of the Wrangler tote bags. I bought this on Amazon Prime Day. It was my one and only purchase that day. I got the blue one, and this is the smaller tote size. This is a really big one right now, and they have a lot of different colors. But we'll set that back off to the side. So if... I don't have... For the accessories, I don't have like a Western and non-Western one. But my one recommendation when it comes to... Uh, purses is have some different sizes so you can like change it up for me personally my purse could change daily it just depends on what I need because sometimes you know I need to carry a lot sometimes I need to carry a little so having some different sizes are great if you you know don't currently have one and you're like oh I can't afford like a bunch of purses I would say get a medium size which is this is my medium size and this is great because it's not super big but it's also not super small so it's perfect in between and that's probably why this is my favorite one to use most days and you can also get fun accessories to put on your bags for example I know people tie like scarves on them um, I have a coyote tail that I put on my purses sometimes so that's also fun as you can kind of accessorize those up as well now let's talk about hats so first of all we're gonna start with cowboy hats which I was gonna wear my cowboy hat however I could not find my normal like earbud headphones and for me to know how the mic is sounding I have to have headphones in so I had to take my hat off to wear the bigger ones but I do have my hat sitting next to me so my number one like suggestion here if you're gonna get a cowboy hat is if you've never tried one on before do not and I mean do not I got closer to the mic so you guys can really hear this don't go get one that is fitted specifically to your head and costs a lot of money. Because here's the thing, if you've never worn one before and you go pay all this money and then you get home and you're wearing it and everything, you might realize, I hate how this looks on me. I hate hats. I don't want to wear this. And now you've just spent a lot of money. 
So my advice here is get a cheap one first. And if you really like it, you think, oh, I look great in hats, then go ahead and buy the expensive one. So my hat here is a Justin Boots hat that I bought at Tractor Supply for $65. It fit me perfectly in the store. And then I got home and I realized, oh, this is a little loose, but I do have a little hack if anybody needs it that made it fit better. So it does fit great now. But this is great for me. I got a black one because I wanted something that was very easy to wear with every outfit and black is something that goes with everything. And another thing, if you've never worn cowboy hats, don't know much about them, there are two types. There's felt, which is what that one was, and there's straw. And the kind of rule for it, which really depends on A, weather and also personal preference, is from Labor Day to Memorial Day is felt season because it's the colder months. And then Memorial Day to Labor Day is straw season because it's the hotter months. For me personally, I don't look like the look of straw hats. I've not found one that I actually like. So for now, I only wear my felt. Uh, that could change. Maybe one day I'll find a straw that I actually like. But again, somewhere like Montana, where our weather changes constantly, you could be wearing both on one given day. It doesn't matter. Again, kind of up to you. And beyond this, which if my keyboard goes back down, um, we also have like baseball caps, which... The, like, main ones that a lot of people wear are Kimes Ranch, Ariat, things like that. But, again, you can just get whatever you want. Then, also, Beanies. Carhartt is, like, the big beanie brand. I also have one that is our ranch that I absolutely love. It's one of my favorites. However, the colors are, like, blue and gray, and it's not really easy to make it go with every outfit. Then, the biggest section here in accessories is jewelry. And I am going to first say the different, like, styles of jewelry that is Western, um, and then talk about, like, rings, stuff like that. Number one, turquoise. Here's the thing. I don't think I said this when I filmed it last night at the desk, but turquoise is expensive because it is an actual, you know, gemstone. Here's the thing. If you want turquoise and you can't afford it, buy cheap fake ones from Amazon. Literally, this ring, this necklace, and the earrings I'm wearing, which are all one set, this is the only piece of real, genuine turquoise that I have because my mom bought it for me. I'm a broke college student. There's no way I'm buying actual turquoise. Um, so a lot of what I have is like knockoffs from Amazon. Like it is fake. It's cheap. And that's okay with me because for right now, that's what I can afford. It works for me. And then in the future, if I hit a place where I can afford it, great. I then can have actual turquoise. Um, but yeah. And also another note with this is I, I want to do a whole episode that is like simply just accessories talking about it. But if you're going to buy turquoise, if you're able to, buy straight from Native American sellers because I, I need to do the research to really be able to talk on this, but it is really big in some of their, or maybe even all of their um, cultures, and also a lot of them are the real creators, and then, you know, there's other people who, like, buy it and then pass it off and everything, so if you're able to, I would say buy from them. Again, this is something I really need to research myself to really be able to talk on it. Beyond turquoise, 
things with like a western design so if it's like cowboy boots cowboy hats cactuses things like that um when it comes to rings which i'll just go ahead and get into metal stamped so these two rings are metal stamped which i made myself that's really huge um when it comes to other things like navajo pearls again i think the only ones i have are fake navajo pearls um that's a rings we already kind of went over earrings studs dangly ones hoops like literally any style of earrings just with like a turquoise or a western design for necklaces the whole look really is layered unless it's like a bigger necklace so i only went with one because it is a little bit bigger but most of the time it's like a choker or a little looser i personally don't like chokers um and then you know a necklace a little bit higher than where this one currently is and then another one further down or you could just do one and two, but the layered look is really Western. And then for bracelets, it's really up to you. There's a lot of different styles of bracelets. I personally don't wear them that often, mainly because like I hate feeling it drag on paper as I'm like writing in class, but again, fully up to you. So the last thing I want to talk about when it comes to Western fashion for this episode is some tips for getting started. Number one, do not think you need to throw away your entire closet and start from scratch because you can start working with what you currently have. For example, I've had this tank top for years. I also have like the jeans that I'm wearing are just, you know, normal jeans. I actually bought this blazer yesterday though. Um, but the clothes that you have, you can work with it, especially if they're basic. What I would say is focus on getting accessories first. Things like the jewelry, the bags, the hats, the belts, all of that stuff. Because you can make an outfit that's Western using that stuff more than the clothes themselves. So, you know, I know a lot of people out there, you can't really afford a lot right now, like me personally. Going and buying clothes yesterday was such a struggle on me because A, I don't usually do it, but I desperately needed a new pair of jeans. And then I also bought this blazer because I have another presentation for class coming up this week. And I was like, I have one blazer, so let's get a second one. Um, but you know, not everybody can afford clothes. So what I would say is, again, focus on those accessories. You can get a lot of cheap accessories from Amazon. You can also hit up Etsy. Sometimes, you know, you can find some really good, good price stuff. And then you can start focusing on getting like graphic tees and shirts and things like that that are really Western. And the last thing I want to say is remember to ignore those who tell you what you can and can't wear and try to tell you what is and isn't Western. And that does also include me here. I was really just trying to give you guys an overview, but if there's something I'm saying that you like don't really agree with, that's totally fine. You can just ignore what I said. But there's always, there are always going to be people who are like, oh, that's not Western. Like you can't wear that. They're just haters. A lot of the times it's also people who don't even wear Western fashion or even men who are not following women's Western fashion so just take it with a grain of salt ignore it now as i said that was my last part for the western fashion but i do have one last thing that we're going to talk about and i need to come up with a creative name for this which i have not yet because sometimes i can't come up with good names but this is my ag segment that i will do at the end of each episode so what this is is i'm going to share something that's happening in the agriculture industry with you guys and the whole reason for this is while there will be other topics that I cover, such as Western fashion, agriculture is the main focus of my podcast. And so I want to make sure that it is in every single episode. 
And the also the other reason I want to do this is because I know there's a lot of people out there who haven't really been able to get into agriculture or they're just getting started who maybe won't normally get to hear about these kind of things. So I want to help people expand their education in agriculture with the things that they may not know. Now, I was really trying to find like this week kind of news and I wasn't really able to. So what I found is more from October, not that long ago. It's still something that I think is very relevant. So let's talk about this. For this first episode, we will be talking about the big four meat packers being accused of inflating prices. So who are the big four? This is Tyson Foods, Cargill, JBS, and National Beef Packaging. So they've been sued multiple times for inflating prices, changing slaughterhouse capacity, and undermining small ranchers and producers. So the newest lawsuit comes from a company in North Carolina that says that since 2015, these companies have been price fixing. Now, some other information that I found is in the past, both Tyson Foods and JBS have paid substantial amounts of money to settle other claims, meaning instead of having it go to court and there be a ruling, they just paid the people that were suing them. And another thing is in past court cases, the executives from all these companies have denied any involvement in colluding and creating price gouging. They claim that the prices are following the natural movement of the market. And then another case that was recently dismissed, I think in August, was in Minnesota from three ranchers. And the ranchers claim that these corporations were conspiring to suppress cattle prices, which caused the price of cows and calves to decline. They also claim that these corporations wanted to reduce slaughter capacity to raise prices. So what that means is, let's say a slaughterhouse has a capacity of a thousand cows. They're able to then process those cows, send them out to the market, bring in a thousand more cows. So by reducing the capacity, so say maybe they can only take like 700 cows now, they're able to claim scarcity because there's less meat going onto the market, which means they can raise prices so consumers are having to pay more. Now, the judge dismissed their claims because he said it didn't meet the requirements of the lawsuit and they're able to appeal, but they have to go back in front of the court to get approval to like actually go back and sue them again. So, that is all pretty interesting, but I want to talk about this also from the economic side. So here's the thing. I'm a hospitality major, but I'm also an ag business minor, and a lot of ag business is econ. Like, I've already taken econ 101. I'm currently in microeconomics, and next semester I'm taking macroeconomics. And I always thought, why am I taking so much econ? I'm never going to use it. It's never going to apply to me. The entire time I was reading everything, I was like, this is all econ. Like, this is literally stuff we've been talking about this semester. So I want to kind of talk to you guys about this from the more economic business standpoint. So these four companies are part of an oligopoly, which is when there's a few producers that are the main competition for a market. So a monopoly is when there's one producer. They're the only person that is making this good. And if they raise the prices, they're able to because people have to pay that no matter what if they want the good. A perfect competition is when there's so many producers that if one raises their prices, then you'll just go to another one because, again, there's so many. Now, with an oligopoly, like a perfect competition, there are a lot of producers, but 
more like a monopoly, there's only a few that are really the competition. So for example, Pepsi and Coke, they are the main soda producers. And while there might be smaller little soda companies, they're the ones that get most of the business. Now, collusion or colluding is a term for when these big companies work together as if they are a monopoly and they do this to restrict production and set high prices. So what this means is they work together. They decide, let's not compete. Let's just agree. We're going to work together. We're going to, you know, make it so that we make more money. And what this does, number one, is it makes all the smaller producers disappear. They can't hold the ground in this market anymore and they have to leave. Now, in an example of, say, meat like this, this hurts the farmers and ranchers because these, you know, four big main companies set the price of how much they're willing to pay to buy the meat that goes to the slaughterhouse and everything. And if the ranchers don't like that price, they can't, they don't have anyone else to sell to because it's only these four. And also consumers, we have to pay more because they're able to jack the price up and, they're the only ones producing it, so we have to pay for it if we want to. Now, collusion is illegal in the United States as well as Canada, I think Australia, and probably a few other places. And this is due to our antitrust laws, which is what all the lawsuits that they've been hit with are falling under. And I'm going to read you guys a paragraph from the Federal Trade Commission website, which I think I forgot to say this, but any like sources that I've used will be in the episode bio in case anybody wants to go and look at them themselves. But what this says is the antitrust laws prescribe unlawful mergers and business practices in general terms, leaving courts to decide which ones are illegal based on the facts of each case. Courts have applied the antitrust laws to changing markets from a time of horse and buggies to the present digital age. Yet for over 100 years, the antitrust laws have had the same basic objective to protect the process of competition for the benefit of consumers, make sure that there are strong incentives for businesses to operate efficiently, keep prices down and keep quality up. So basically, they made it illegal to protect all the producers, protect consumers from having to pay too much, and also protect the makers of the things that the producers are using. So example, like farmers and ranchers, they produce the meat or the crops, and then the producers are creating the like final product that goes out to us. So overall, I think this is really interesting because number one, if it was one specific person who just kept suing them over and over and over again, you might be like, okay, like that person's disgruntled. But the fact that all these lawsuits are from a bunch of different places really goes to show that there is an issue happening here. For example, the one that was dismissed was from three ranchers. I saw another one that was from a rancher in Washington. Um, then there was like the North Carolina company, a Florida company, another company. So the fact that there's so many that are like something's going on and they originally were sued, I think, for COVID price gouging. And then they're like, actually, it's going back even before that. So I saw one that was like 2018 and then another one's like, actually, no, it goes back to 2015. So this is super interesting. And what I also read is that apparently there are witnesses who have come forward saying that they were in the room when these different companies were meeting and were saying like let's you know price gouge and price fix and stuff like that so i think it's really interesting and i think this is also something that applies to everyone especially if you do consume meat especially like chicken and beef because you know tyson foods they do all the tyson chicken and then the other ones mainly do more of the beef side of things but with this if you consume meat 
you are a consumer who has to pay for this. And unless you're buying it straight from a rancher, if you're buying it at a grocery store, you're paying one of these big companies. So the fact that this is happening is pretty interesting. And I know I'll definitely keep following along to see if this, you know, takes a turn, if this newest lawsuit gets through. But that is all for that one. And I am interested to see what like next week's topic will be. It, I, again, am trying to find things that are more recent, but overall, the whole point here is to teach about agriculture and get to talk about it. So that is all for this week. And next week, like I said, we will be talking about the NFR plus the term buckle bunnies. And if before anybody jumps on me, I hate the term buckle bunnies. I think it needs to die. But at the same time, it makes a giant resurface around the NFR. And so I think it's really important that we talk about it and kind of take away some of the stigma from this term. So I will see you guys next week. And if you, you know, have an opinion about this video format, the new ag segment, anything, I would really, really love to hear some feedback, whether that's through the poll on Spotify or, you know, email me, DM me. The more feedback I get, the more helpful it is for me to change things for the podcast so, you know, make things better. And right now I've gotten mainly feedback from my best friend or a couple other people who are close to me, but I would really love to hear it from other people that don't know me personally. So I will see you guys next week when we talk about the NFR.